Welcome to the RHP Market Talk podcast, episode number 25, brought to you by Royal Harbor Partners Wealth Management, located along the beautiful Gulf Coast of Houston, Texas, serving families across the country. I'm Natalie Pica, founding partner. And I'm Glenn Royal, founding partner. And I'm Jason Struzeski, investment analyst. And here we are, the last podcast of the year, guys. I like to start out and I should say, hey, well, what do you think? Where are we going from here? But I feel like that might be getting a little bit old. So <laughs> we're going to start by doing a quick review of 2022 and then go ahead and start talking about, I mean, January, right? Big news this year, 2022, it's all about the Fed rate hike. Six times from March to November, taking us from a Fed rate of 0.25 to 4%. Unprecedented. Pretty steep, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. They're calling it the hockey stick. If you look at the graph. I'd call it something else. But it's not PG related. <laughs> yeah, I'd call it a lot of things at this point. <laughs> I feel like, you know, I hate to just keep repeating, but that rate of climb has changed the market significantly in a very short period of time. Yeah, I think coming from zero, 5,000-year historical lows in interest rates to four Mm -hmm. in such a short high-velocity period of time is largely what we're seeing in the damage in the markets. Had we gone from three to seven, you'd have had that cushion effect. Right. It wouldn't have been as steep. So lots of consequences. Mm -hmm. You're seeing it too, Jason. The speed of it as well. Essentially, the Fed just going ultra aggressive to play catch up. They were late to the game, and here we are. That being said, you know there there are some positives to where we're at right now. We had one of the worst years on record for the sixty forty portfolio, but now we have yield, we have carry, we have we have paid on cash. And I know we keep saying this over and over, but it's true. It provides other alternatives in the twenty twenty three and going forward. Oh, yeah, a year ago, we were seeing historically high valuations in both stocks and the bond market. Mm-hmm. Whole different setup today from last year. Right. And we are looking at probably another 50 basis point hike here in December. That's uh, on tap. That's pretty baked in, yeah. We're seeing that potentially based on economic data. Powell came out the other day. They're very committed to their path to quashing inflation. That being said, they are slowing down in the pace of hikes. Powell believes we can still achieve soft landing. Now, the definition of soft landing is coming into question. Sounds you like know. landing a, a space shuttle on the moon. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, you know, two consecutive quarters of negative GDP. If we are in recession, it's shallow at this point. And then, but really, what we're looking for next year is more of an earnings recession to see how corporations across all sectors start to really cut back in spending more defensive measures to kind of insulate themselves for 23. You make a great point about the 60 40, though. And I think we mentioned this in the last podcast, but I'm going to say it again. Is there's a big difference between being paid zero on a money market CD or your bond portfolio and getting paid anywhere from 3 to 5% on your bond. That is the difference, is that the makeup of your portfolio is going to be different going forward. It has. It's made the 60-40, you know, this reset this year, mm-hmm. attractive now. Right. Right. Uh, so that I know there was a lot of uh, discussion in the past year about the death of the 60-40 balanced portfolio. Yeah. 60 stocks, 40% bonds. Right. Nonsense. You know, rates have normalized and 60 mm-hmm. is back and it will serve its purpose. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And we're, we're seeing that institutionally as well, rebalancing out of equities to take advantage of the, the bonds now. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, well, hey, one thing too, like we saw this market action big surge the last day of the month in November. Mm-hmm. 
there's some, you know, trading going on. And I, I, I don't want our investors to get that confused that the market is reengaged and off we are to the races. Mm-hmm. Uh, a year or two years ago, these so the retail traders came into the market doing the meme stocks, right? We right. saw them drive the AMCs and the et cetera of the world. Now they've taken that same option strategy towards the indexes, and they do far out of the money calls yeah. right at the expiration day. And what you're seeing is the dealers that have to hedge and all that, mm, that type mm-hmm. of option activity. It creates this artificial lift based on this uh, option trading. Yeah. When you have those days and you think the market is on, give us a call. And we'll tell you <laughs> if this is out. You know, we like to blame everything on algos, but uh, and we may do that. But we'll, we'll give you an idea if this is for real or not. And that was kind of a head fake. Okay. Well, so that that's a perfect segue into something that gets talked about sometimes in December. It's called a Santa Claus rally. Yeah, ho, ho, ho. Yeah. Are we going to have one? Are we not going to have one? And for clients that might not know the term that gets thrown around, you know, as you get towards the end of the year, there's some tax loss harvesting and things like that that can go on that can help create the environment. What we call Santa Claus rally, which happens around December. You think we're looking at something like that? I hope so. Uh, <laughs> so this is a year where we've had had tremendous tax loss selling. We have, you know, the the big mutual fund houses and all that are in us daily with their marketing machines telling us tax loss selling, and of course trying to steal assets from one shop to the other, yeah, you know, right, that yeah. sort of thing. But so we probably are maybe getting set up for that little year in closure of books and then looking for the new start of the year. Historically, it's been in the small and medium, mid mid cap names that mm-hmm. we talk about. Less than ten billion in uh, total market capitalization, and so that's that's a big area in the portfolio that we've gone long this year. Uh, we like that space a great deal, mainly because it was so cheap. Valuations, yeah, yeah, and valuations matter, uh, particularly with uh, normalized interest rates. Uh, another big headline that came out today as we're recording this on December the 2nd, payrolls rose in November and hourly earnings jumped, particularly in leisure and hospitality, which is kind of a carryover from, you know, we're still in a post-pandemic world. Some of this is absolutely tied to the pandemic and what we saw in 2020 and 2021. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, we're still kind of in that renormalization period of zero interest policy and all the stimulus that we had this year. So these data points that continue to come out are going to remain patchy and the market wants to be hopeful. They're, they're pushing for that pivot and the, the slowdown of, of the Fed. But we're quickly reminded just how strong the economy is. You have spending. I mean, the most recent Thanksgiving spending period, Black Friday, consumers broke records at their levels. And, you know, they're still staying relatively strong. You know, credit card utilizations, they are increasing, but delinquencies are below pre-pandemic levels. So that's encouraging to me for the the U.S. consumer. But then when you look at that conversely, that lets Chair Powell do a little bit more. Yeah, those financial conditions as they, you know, get a little easier, that's not what the Fed wants. They want to tighten financial conditions. And when you get market rallies and people spending money, all that, that kind of eases these conditions contrary to what they're trying to do. It doesn't mean the Fed's through. They're they're going to keep keep raising rates. I think, too, one thing that we keep hearing about is the 70s, which was the last time we had inflation. And frankly, we haven't had a Fed that's had to deal with this in 40 years. Mm -hmm. They've always dealt with their other mandate, which is full employment. 
economy looks a little bad, they cut rates or vice versa to maintain that. So they kind of got a little bit surprised by this inflation. Obviously, they were late to the game mm-hmm. a couple you know, couple of quarters on, on their increases. But I, I think during that period of the 70s, when we had hyperinflation, that was wage-driven. That's a little bit of the concern today. You saw continued strong wage gains. But in the 70s, we had such strong labor unions, and they were driving that demand, and that kept inflation going really for a long time in that decade. This wages that we're seeing now are more carryover from the extraordinary stimulus that we saw coming into the system through the COVID relief programs. And the consumer's still in pretty good shape. Their uh, jobs are still out there. The economy's doing well. That kind of, it's a tough market because you see the good, but you see the increases in Fed rates trying to slow things down. It gives me a little bit of reason to be a little bit more optimistic later into next year. Right. Uh, I mean, we can talk a little bit about that. Well, so why don't we just jump right in then to the 2023 expectation. The Fed has already said when they do get there, and they're not sure when they get there to that terminal rate, but they're going to leave it there for a while. Yeah. So we're going to expect probably continued rate hikes, smaller ones, obviously, and I think it's interesting, Jason just mentioned, that Chair Powell still thinks we're going, we could get a soft landing. You know, what does that mean? He has to give the U.S. some sort of confidence. You don't He's want to talk in recession. At the <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You're, you're leading the, the boat right now, and yeah. you're going to predict driving into a big iceberg. I mean, yeah. what does that say about things? Yeah. I mean, to really prepare for next year, what we've done so far in the portfolio – Taking a look at the names, you know, moving away from those higher duration equities, meaning, yeah, tech uh, companies that rely on uh, the growth premium, I'll call it. So their valuations are elevated with the assumption of high sales growth, strong margins and promising results, which we've seen, you know, the past decade almost in a lot of these corporations post-tech bubble from the emerging companies, the FANG stocks. Now you look at it this year, we've seen a rotation from those growthy names into value. Value stocks, you know, your old economy, dividend payers, stable corporations. We think that'll continue as a lot of these tech names will be under sales growth pressure in a slowing economy. Even though we've had quite a bit of earnings revisions to the downside, we believe there's more, more in that space. And the other thing where we are with this Fed hiking cycle, so they've gone really strong, three quarters of a point. You know, I think they did a half, then they went a quarter, and then a half, then three quarters successfully last three times. We're getting to the point of the hiking cycle where unintended consequences happen. Mm-hmm. Things can break. And the Fed is aware of that. So they're going to start slowing down that pace of, of increases. We talked half a point and then subsequent quarter point, maybe mm-hmm. three following that. Right now, I think the market's probably pricing in this terminal rate of mm-hmm. about five and a quarter percent. And to your point, they will stay there. Yeah. They're not going to back off. Now, hallelujah for bond investors. That's the greatest exactly. thing I've heard, you know, mm-hmm. in, in a couple, well, in a decade, since 2008. Right. Uh, we now have really tremendous opportunities in the bond market, which allows us as portfolio managers to de-risk the overall profile of our right. clients' portfolios. Exactly. And get a rate of return. Well, and, and for those people out there that have really, since 2008, they've been indexers. Right? Yeah. Passive investors. Mm. Just index it and forget it. Well, I want right thing to do. I just want to make note of what the tech market share of the S&P 500 was at the high 
of about 24%, and where we're sitting now is about 18%. So you're talking about a considerable change to the overall index. So if you were just sitting in the index all this time, kind of a passive investor, you've probably felt some pain. Yeah. You know, we're active managers at the end of the day, but you can't argue efficient markets and indexing to an extent. But really with this setup that we see, the almighty S&P, you look at it just performance-wise compared to the Dow Jones 30, and you have significant outperformance in the Dow Jones. So it's a revaluation, a cut down to that premium that was in tech for quite some time, and we expect that to continue. Yeah. You know, what benefited tech so much was a zero interest rate environment. Yeah. You know, that's most of the tech companies are all about the future earnings stream. And so as interest rates go up and we tag that as a discount rate and do a present value analysis of future earnings streams, that's what's hurting technology stocks so much is this increase in interest rates. If I look at the S&P 500 from an equal weight basis, where the 500 stocks Mm -hmm. have one 500th representation, that's outperforming the S&P 500 index as a whole, which is weighted towards that tech stock group. Right. Okay. So I know that we always say around here, we don't have a crystal ball. All we can do is look at information and digest that information and and really kind of look at the overall economy. And that's what we do. We're really fundamental investors. There's some discussion at times about momentum. And I know even in 20 and 21, there were a lot of momentum behind a lot of stocks. Like you said, even uh, the retail investor jumping in and the meme stocks and things like that. But at the end of the day, we're fundamentalists. Like we really dig into the numbers. We want to understand why do we own what we own. We want to own the good companies that have those good valuations. So the shift from growth to value is what we've done. But everybody's kind of, again, the conversation is, okay, hard or soft landing, recession, no recession. If we look out to the six-month mark mid-year, is the Fed going to pivot? They're going to pause on these rate hikes because that seems to be what the market is waiting for. Right now, the the biggest thing we're going to be dealing with next year is decreasing volatility in interest rates as the Fed calms that down, but increasing uncertainty in corporate earnings. As we get into this latter phase of the hiking cycle, we expect corporate earnings in the S&P 500 to be relatively flat next year. Mm -hmm. If I throw an average P.E. multiple of 17 times on this year's earnings, which is roughly 230, 235, what we're expecting next year, that puts our year-end target next year around 4,000 on the S&P. Where where are we today? 4,060. But how we get to there is going to be the interesting ride. We think most of the damage likely comes in the first quarter as those first order effects of these Fed hikes that they've been doing are finally felt in the system. Right. And that's probably, again, that could see a 10% decline or so in the first quarter. Should we go into a recession? Then you could see as much as 20% decline. And that area, I'd probably put a 14 multiple, PE multiple on these earnings, which puts us down about that 3150 level on on the Mm -hmm. S&P 500 Mm -hmm. downside. We're not expecting a recession. I think the base case right now is more for that flat market environment because of the earnings decline. What we'll be doing, though, is I think this is the last bite of the apple, if you will, if you have cash or you're waiting to, for a buy point in the market, is we get in that first or second quarter and I get that sell-off. What the market's going to start focusing on as we get in the second half of the year is the growth recovery and the Fed pivot or pause or what have you. Yeah. The Fed will stop 
you know, raising rates, markets look good. So I, I feel really good about 24 and on, late 23. I just got to get through this earnings slowdown by, in corporate profitability. That's the lag effect of the Fed. Exactly. I mean, for those reasons, and not to mention geopolitics, all the uncertainty well, yeah, with Russia, China, it's, it's pretty murky waters for next year. You know, it's a dangerous game the Fed's playing right now, but it's necessary. You know, it, it's been painful. And, you know, I, I can't say we're expecting all the greatness for next year. But like Glenn said, 24, 25, it really sets us up for a much better environment. We've come to this year knowing what the setup is mm-hmm. looking like yep. by increasing investments in companies that pay dividends. Yep. So we call this carry in, in our parlance. We have shifted our portfolios to generate almost four times the income we were getting last year. I, mm-hmm. I noticed the other day we had a big position paid out of dividend distribution into our client's base. It mm-hmm. was basically a quarter of a million dollars that came into the portfolios for everyone to share in. And that comes in monthly. Mm-hmm. A year ago, that would have been you know thirty or forty thousand. Mm-hmm. Now it's increased that much. So I'm really comfortable how we're positioned for this year. But I think that growth trade probably kicks in in the latter part of next year, twenty fourth. And you get these big tech companies that actually make money. That's probably when I'm going to start leaning into that group mm-hmm. more than the value that we're all kind of hanging yeah, in right now. Where we are. Yeah, if I right carries now. you for the first half of the year. Well, and I, I yeah. made this comment, and I know it gets kicked around. Bull markets don't last forever. Bear markets don't last forever. It's business cycles. Um, And you ride those business cycles and you adjust along the way. And that's how you really manage to, again, we'll go back to our planning background. You manage to your goals. You manage to your time horizon because the environment is going to always be changing. And you got to just move with it. Long run time in the market is what we really need in order to meet those goals. Mm -hmm. Day to day, month to month, quarter to quarter, yeah, that's just normal volatility. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So don't plan on that, but give us your long term horizons. We'll die in. Exactly. Well, I want to thank our listeners for following RHP Market Talk and for following us in 2022. This is, this is our last episode of the year. I want to wish you all a very happy holiday season. I hope you get to spend some time with your family and friends. If you have any questions or you'd like to discuss today's topics, please feel free to contact us through our website at royalharborpartners.com. At RHP, we're passionate about planning for your financial future. We're devoted to our relationships with multi-generational families for the creation of successful legacies. Through our one one-on-one conversations, we can help you navigate your personal wealth management and investment journey. How different will your life look with the right advice? Royal Harbor Partners is a registered investment advisor and the opinions expressed by Royal Harbor Partners on this show are their own. Registration of an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.